if I could give one piece of advice is that you don't have to, you know, work, you don't have to understand what they do as a job. You don't have to live in the type of scenario that they're living in. The world is so great because you just can connect with people. This podcast is all about shining light on the real struggles and joys of life. We will have real experiences, real people, and real stories in the hopes that they motivate you and help you in your own journey. This is the One World Countless Stories podcast with Selena Novello. Today I have Lena Schmidt on and I am so, so excited. I met Lena through her daughter. So I am a youth group leader at the Cochrane Alliance Church and I was so lucky to be put with her daughter. And before I went to Europe, the girls threw me like a little going away party and it was at her house. And that was the first time that I really got to meet uh, her and know a little bit about her and I was telling her about my travels and how excited I was and so she shared about her travels and a little bit about her journey and I'm just so so excited and fascinated to learn more about her and her journey and all the lessons that she's learned through her travel but I'm gonna get her to introduce herself to give you guys a little bit of a bigger picture of who she is so welcome thank you yeah I I would absolutely reciprocate everything you just said about you i loved meeting you i love your energy and it's um it's really great to be chatting with you today so a bit about me i grew up in cochrane i'm an original from this town um where i still currently live uh there was only about 2500 people in the town back then um but it was a great place to grow up it was Everybody knew everybody. Um, it was a very safe community. It was a great place to really start my life, my life journey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because it, we can get a bit more into my family a bit later, but the way that my family is, my parents are musicians as a job. It was a very interesting way to grow up. Mm-hmm. And it was be- through their job probably that I really began my love of travel and love of people. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm so excited to get into it. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about your childhood and what it was like growing up with musicians as parents? Well, my natural nature, I would say, I am someone who is very organized. I'm a planner. Mm -hmm. I actually thrive in structure and routine. I can be spontaneous, but my, I do really thrive with an organized environment. Mm -hmm. Um, I have found uh, through my parents' job, um, I have a great um, set of parents and they're partners. So they actually met being like working together. So they worked together as musicians and that's eventually how they got together and started their family. So I have an older sister who is two and a half years older named Josanna, who is also a musician. Wow. And I have a twin brother, Jeremy, um, who oh. we're all very musical, uh, but he went on to be a petroleum and a power engineer. So that's wow. um, his kind of route. But with that creativity, with my parents, I would say organized, structured, normal was not part of the equation growing up. Right. I remember very much looking at other people's houses going, it's so normal. Like they have dinner at the same time every day. 
they don't go on tour, their parents aren't working at night or on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And I remember really, really wanting just a normal life as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, it felt very strange to be always going away in the summer to go on tour or to be performing. Having said that, as you age, mm -hmm. <laughs> you start to see the wisdom and some of the benefits that came from that kind of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And so you said you're a twin. That's so cool. I am. So what was that like for you being a twin? We were very close and still are. Jeremy and I, um, I think because we're brother and sister and not the same, um, not two sisters, not two brothers, there wasn't the competition factor that ever played. Right. Um, and we were both very active kids. So we were always outside playing. We were always just playing in the dirt. We were, I was definitely a tomboy kind of girl. And yeah, I was just having fun playing. So I wasn't super interested in a, a lot of what um, back then we would have said, you know, were girl type activities. I wasn't really into dolls and things like that. But um, now we know <laughs> like, it's a big stereotype, but I was definitely an outside girl. Yeah, that's awesome. And so having a little bit of an unnormal childhood, how did that affect you growing up into your early 20s? Well, my, because we were on tour often in the summer and because of my parents' type of job, we were exposed to all kinds of different people. We were exposed to um, homeless people on the streets in different cities. We were in different environments um, often. We were talking to people in very high up companies. We were talking, so it really exposed us to a lot of different people, a lot of different environments, which I think brought an adaptability and a resiliency and took fear away mm -hmm. in talking to people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were just well-practiced in it at a very young age. That's awesome. And so what did you do outside of high school? What was your step when you graduated? Yeah, I when I was going... Well, when I graduated high school, so I went to Concordia College High School, which was high school in a college environment in Edmonton, and I did grades 11 and 12 there. And I was about to go to university and I really couldn't think, what do I want to do? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I thought, do I just go to university for the experience of going to university mm -hmm. and spend a lot of money? Or do I wait and see what else comes along? And I just really couldn't think of anything and I just didn't want to just take anything so I started waitressing mm -hmm. which I loved <laughs> so mm -hmm. I moved out when I was 18 with a roommate of mine mm -hmm. and we both got a job at this restaurant that was really close to where we lived and I immediately fell in love with just chatting with people yeah. I loved that organized structure again mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was just a great environment so I did different waitressing things for a while and then I moved back from Edmonton to Calgary because I got a job opportunity in travel. Mm. You know? So I was what's called a receptive tour operator. So basically if someone, let's say, lived in Germany and they go into their local travel agency and say, I would like to go to Canada, 
um, these are a few things we're interested in. And the travel agent goes, oh, okay, let me work on something for you. Yeah. And then we'll get back to you. So that travel agent in Germany has actually never been to Canada and doesn't have connections with the suppliers here. Mm. So they would contact someone like me Very and cool. I would basically plan their whole holiday other than their flights. Wow. And how did you find this job? How did you get the job? It was actually in Cochrane. So oh. my sister, I think, ran into the owner of the company or she applied for the job. But her she married someone from the States. Mm. And so they were actually planning on moving to Kentucky. So she said, I can't take the job. Are you interested? So I called them and I'm fluent in French. So my interview was 50% in English and 50% in French. Wow. And I started that job. Wow, that's awesome. And so you were organizing trips for people. And then how did that contribute to your own traveling? Well, we traveled a lot as kids, definitely. And so I always knew, I always had a desire for travel as I was getting older. So one of one of my favorite memories growing up was we actually going into grade seven, I think, we drove from one end of Canada to the other as a family. What? That's so yeah, cool. It was awesome. So I missed the first month of grade seven, but I don't know any people who can remember their first month of grade seven in school, but I can certainly remember my first month of grade seven. We yeah. were driving across this beautiful country of ours and they just wanted, before we adventured into the world, uh, my parents really wanted us to see where we came from. And so wow. we took a tent trailer on the back of our van and we just drove like, and we That's took awesome. six weeks and it was just so amazing to see so many different places to experience the history to meet different people to use my language in a province that was you know mainly French speaking when we got to Quebec mm -hmm. it was just very exciting so that really solidified a desire to travel overseas my parents had worked overseas in England and Scotland and different places wow. and so the, I knew the first opportunity I could get to go to England I would take it. <laughs> so awesome. my my travel job in Cochrane actually, I became good friends with a company over in England, and he offered me a job, and I quit mine the next day. And then you were on a plane, and you were over there. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And so when you got to England, can you just like explain what the feelings were, what that next step of your journey was like? I was so excited. Um, there's always a little bit of um, nervous. Well, it's all new. So I, I want to say nervousness, but it's not the, the kind of nervous where it was fearful. It was more um, exploratory. So mm -hmm. I couldn't wait to explore the, the different things that the country had to offer and that my neighborhood and um you know, for instance, I lived on what's called an unmade road. So it means it's not paved, just a dirt road, which funny enough, um, was meant to be uh, for really posh people to live on like that street. Oh, it was to prevent people from driving up and down your street so much. Interesting. What I found was that 
with puddles, like with, because it rained so much, it just got big potholes and it actually wasn't fun to drive on at all. But right. uh, it was things like that, that I just found so fascinating and different nooks and crannies and different architectures and cobblestone streets. And um, I, I'm definitely a traveler that I'm more interested in the culture and the people than I am about sites right I should say like there are certain things in different places where you're like oh I, you should really see that you know the Tower of London or different things but I find people so fascinating mm -hmm. and the environment that they're in and why they do certain things the way they do that that's what really excited me about being there right. And so how did you, how did you do that? Would you just go up to random people and start talking to them or was there connections made? Like, how did you live that out? Well, I had a job there. So, um, I had a flatmate when I got there, so I got to know her. Mm. Um, I, I have no problem chatting with anyone, so it's not hard for me to initiate conversation. Right. So with my flatmate, um, I had an instant connection. I, I had already been familiar with my employer from when I worked over here, got to know all the people in the office there. Um, but really it's just walking down like um, the pubs are very common things in England. Mm -hmm. That's where people actually gather for meals and things like that. So I'd wander down to the grocery store or the pub and I would just start chatting with people. That's awesome. I did um, eventually find a church in London proper so I lived in a place called Beckenham which is just southeast of London and I started going to Holy Trinity Brompton which I later found out was where the Alpha course started mm. so I started attending there on Sunday evenings and yeah and Alpha was actually where my faith journey really took off so that was kind of kind wow. of great and also where through the church where I met my husband so Oh, awesome. Okay. Well, I want to get into that. Do you want to explain how you met your husband? I think it's the cutest story ever. <laughs> um, we, so Holy Trinity Brompton is a very old church. Um, it's sort of in South Kensington, um, but it's packed there. Every service has about a thousand people in it and there's four services per day. Like it's a very, very, um, there's so many people that go there. So it's, but they're very good at connecting people in small groups. Mm -hmm. So we, I was in a small group that was separate from my husband's steps, but our two small groups were in the same, what they called pastorate. So there was like 10 groups, uh, 10 small groups in the pastorate. And once a month we would meet as a pastorate and our pastorate had signed on to do a project for a family in need to kind of send them out for the day, renovate their place oh, wow. and just kind of brighten up their, their flat. So he had signed on to that project. I had signed on to that project. We almost both didn't make it for different reasons, but we did end up getting there. Wow. And we were working in separate rooms, but at one point he was asking for the tape and I had the painting tape, so I met him and we kind of exchanged names and said hello. And then in the evening after we had finished this project, we all went out to dinner and we just got chatting and 
then got together the next day to hang out in Notting Hill and walk the Portobello markets. And mm-hmm. yeah, we became very good friends very quickly. And that's awesome. it wasn't long after that, that we thought maybe we should <laughs> make this a little more solidified. Yeah. And then, and then what was next? So where is your husband actually from? He's from Australia. So my husband has also um, been a very, has always been interested in other cultures and different places as well. He's had pen pals from all over the world. He did a six week trip to Germany when he was 15. Wow. um, Because he'd been learning German in school. So we did an exchange program with that. And after he took um, in his university studies, so he did a double major in German and French with a minor in Italian. So I think even from a very young age, he was just very geared for an overseas experience. Mm -hmm. And when he left Australia, when he was 20, he got a scholarship in Germany for two years. So he went to study in Germany and then he worked in Germany and then he got a job in London. And then that's where the, where it all happened. Where the magic started. (laughs) That's awesome. And you mentioned that's where your faith journey also really started. So do you want to go into that a little bit and share your journey, your faith journey? Sure. Um, It actually didn't start in England, but it started through Alpha, which uh, was where that church, um, where that program started was in that church. So when I moved back from Edmonton to Cochrane, I had been gone from Cochrane for quite a long time and actually took the course mainly to meet, meet people and make friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grew up in a faith filled home. We went to church. My parents have a very strong faith. Um, we were always very active in the church, but for me, looking back, I would say it was more of a, a head knowledge as opposed to a heart knowledge. Right. God was, you know, I never ceased to believe in God, but I really didn't understand that he was that personal for me. Mm -hmm. And when I took the alpha course, there was a section on the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit and what does the Holy Spirit do and how, um, how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it just, that was the component that was missing for me. Right. And my life radically changed from there from that point on um my faith felt personal god felt personal like i really felt that connection and that intimacy that had always been um outside of reach i would say right for me yeah i think it's a beautiful way that you put it and it's really awesome because you're acknowledging that you know he was there but you didn't have as strong as a connection personally and Mm -hmm. then it just takes one thing or one piece of in- information, knowledge to really switch everything for you, which is just spectacular. And I thank yeah. you for opening up and sharing about that. And I'm wondering if you have any advice around uh, faith for anybody who maybe is struggling in their journey. You know, one of the things I've realized is that um, don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid not to be able to answer the questions either. Right. So I think, um, I've, I often thought I would have to have all the answers as a Christian, but I don't have all the answers, Mm -hmm. but I 
really love people and I want to chat with people. And if someone's struggling or has questions, I want to be available. Um, and I want people to know that they don't, it's okay to have questions yeah. and God can handle those. Mm -hmm. You can throw any of those big questions out. And I believe we serve um, a God that really wants to meet people on a personal level and help them walk through that faith journey mm -hmm. in a way that's personal to them. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. That's a great piece of advice. And I think it's, it's a little bit of, you know, you have to get a little bit uncomfortable to ask those questions and put yourself out there, but it's, it's very worth it. And I think that's awesome in your advice that you've given. Now, going back to England, how long did you stay there? What happened after so I lived in England for a year and a half. Um, but during when ski season ended, sort of at the end of April, uh, then I would go down to the south of France and work in the south of France. Awesome. And I, it was just for fun, really. Um, they asked what I was doing in the summer. And I said, oh, nothing really. They said, do you want to come down and run a kids club at this resort? And I said, sure. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> So it was about 30 minutes away from Saint-Tropez. It was right like on the Mediterranean. It was so much fun. Like I, I didn't make a lot of money, but that wasn't really why I was there. It was just for the experience. And right. I had accommodation and then I'd, I'd work on the Saturdays just cleaning. And then during the week I ran the kids club and that was really great because I dealt with kids from all all over Europe. So mm -hmm. I did have some English speaking kids, but then I would have kids from Denmark or I'd have kids from Germany or Holland or Belgium or, and so a lot of those kids, some places start teaching English, but usually not till they're over 12. Mm -hmm. So yeah, really great to learn how to communicate with kids when you really can't speak the language. So I learned a little bit of Dutch and I learned I, I have spoken to some German, so I had a little bit of that. But you can do a lot with facial expressions yeah, and yeah. hand gestures. And honestly, the kids are excited when you're excited. Mm -hmm. And people, I don't know, like no one should be afraid to talk to people. You can, like anybody can talk to anybody. Yeah. Like I, if I could give one piece of advice is that you don't have to, um, you know, where you don't have to understand what they do as a job. You don't have to live in the type of scenario that they're living in. The world is so great because you just can connect with people. Like, yeah, yeah I, I, I 100% agree. When I went to Europe, um, and I speaking about children, I think it's so spectacular how you can have a relationship with somebody without ever talking to them. And I was staying at my family's house in Holland. And uh, I guess it was, it's probably a cousin or something. He's a, he's a, he was a little guy. He was really, really excited, but he didn't speak any English, but we were like best friends by the end of it because we would play like a little ball catch and like, yeah, just using facial and like pointing at things. And like, you know, he tried a little bit of English and I tried a little bit of Dutch and we kind of had this like mutual thing, but like 
I put my hands out like this and he like threw the ball in my hands like it was a hoop and like you we didn't need words to communicate and I think you're so right there's something there's a lot to be said about that and how we can communicate in other ways and just being able to talk to people and it even reminds me of a time when I was in Croatia and I stayed at this like apartment type house thing on my bucket list oh yeah it's beautiful there um (laughs) And it's, it's not that expensive either. Like, yeah, I stayed at this great little like apartment place and it was right like down, you go down the hill and it was right on like the beach. It was so beautiful. And uh, the lady, a part of like the services, they like drive you to the airport, which was awesome. And so the lady, we were driving there and she spoke English, not the greatest, but she spoke very well English. And I left that car ride. It was probably like 45 minutes, but I left that car ride just thinking like, we are so similar. Like she was, and and I just was like, wow, this lady just opened up to me. Like she was talking about the struggles she had as a woman and, you know, believing in herself and figuring out what her purpose was and all these different things. And I was just in awe that I was like, it doesn't matter where you are in this world. We have so many similarities and so many similar challenges. We've never like walked the same path but we felt a lot of the same feelings and been through a lot of the same things. And, and that was just such a beautiful realization. So I'm curious, do you have any other examples from your travel where that is true for you as well? Oh gosh. There's so many. (laughs) Um, I'm just trying to think of one that like really sticks out. I traveled around Europe in between my England job and my South of France. People just want to be talked with. Ultimately, I would say of all the people I met um, in, in the Czech Republic, I met one in particular. She was so like languages, like no English. Yeah. Um, But I have to, there was someone, the look on her face was just, she reminded me of she'd lived too long for her age mm. um i'm not sure if that i'm wording that correctly but she looked so much older than her actual age but Jeez. it's because of what that country has gone through and the, right. the different hardships and transitions that they've gone through and she was sitting at another table when we were eating and she was all by herself and we were, I was trying to order, order what some, I saw someone else had. Yeah. So I was trying to point to what that was. And she just leaned over and she just said what it was. Like she said, all, you know, pointed and said what it was. And I, I asked, you know, did this, how do you say it again? And so she'd repeat it. And mm-hmm. anyways, we just started, um, communicating in very very broken ways but I think she just seemed very welcoming to connection Mm -hmm. you know like I don't know what had happened in her life Um, we didn't have enough of the language to really go into that Mm -hmm. she was by herself and I kind of got the feeling that she didn't feel so by herself by the end of our conversation wow yeah and you know, I, she was just one of those people that just really, you know, struck me, um, as 
yeah, our lives are very, very different. It made me feel very, very, very blessed for where I've been born. Mm -hmm. I could have very easily been born over there um, and have walked through the hardships that that country has walked through. Um, So it just made me feel very privileged, um, but not to take that for granted. Yeah, of course. And I think that's a beautiful lesson that you gain when you go to different countries that are definitely less fortunate than Canada. You just have this deep sense of sorrow, but also gratitude that you were given different opportunities and given a different life than other people and just recognize their strength in it all too, that they were able to battle their life in a completely different place and I think that's a beautiful realization as well where it's really like don't take what you have for granted because even if it's not as great I bet you there's somebody out there who is battling something even harder and it's not to compare or anything like that but still being grateful for what you have and being grateful for your own challenges because there there's people out there who are struggling a lot more and have different battles but it's just it's a beautiful lesson that you learned there have you ever heard of um uh perspective man no tell me about him (laughs) (laughs) so um my husband used to work in um the NICU so the neonatal intensive care unit Mm -hmm. and my cousin uh worked in the area of mental health but specifically people struggling with mental health, but also severely addicted to substances. Mm -hmm. So her husband and I were chatting at this family event once. And, you know, I said, have you ever, I said, often, you know, when our kids, kids were small, you know, Steph would come home from work and, you know, I I was about to tell him how challenging my day was. with the kids but I asked I asked him first and I said how was your day he said oh he said yeah I I had a baby who was born with its bowels on the outside of its body oh wow and I just thought and then he said how was how was your day I said great (laughs) absolutely fantastic like yep and then my cousin's husband said, Oh, I totally understand. Like I was about to share how challenging my day was with her. And she, she said, Oh, I dealt with a schizophrenic who was highly addicted to cocaine or something. Right. And I, we just said, and perspective, man, like the hero for first world problems. Like when your latte's too cold, mm-hmm. maybe just take a little perspective yeah all all in perspective and that's really awesome that you're able to have that and ask him first you know how was your day because you just don't you don't know what people are going through sometimes and yeah it's definitely it's important to feel how you feel but still recognize that you have a lot of control over your perspective exactly which is is key um so I'm excited to hear a little bit more about your traveling so what was one of your favorite places that you went to or top like three if you had to pick three (sighs) okay Italy has a part of my heart that I will I left a part of my heart there as a promise to return there to go get it (laughs) oh I love the people in that country I love the food I love the culture I love the language I 
love the fact that there is a whole country of hand talkers because that those are my people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I just loved watching people and their vibrancy on mm -hmm. the streets. And I could sit in a cafe literally all day and just watch people. I was in love with that country. Wow. Like to this day, it brings joy to my heart. Like it's mm -hmm. just so amazing. Um, so yeah, definitely Italy is like right up there. I love, um, so my husband's from Perth in Australia and lots of people don't go to the West coast of Australia. They normally go to Sydney or Queensland, Melbourne, that kind of thing, but he's from the West coast. So that's where we lived for a year after we got married. Wow. And I love it. It's awesome. I love the heat. I love the sun. I am literally solar powered. The sun <laughs> just brings me to life. Yeah. Um, I'm a better human. I'm a better wife. I'm a better parent. I'm a better person all around with the sun. And although I grew up near the mountains, I think I'm an, well, no, I know I'm an ocean girl. There's something about the ocean that just, um resonates um mm -hmm. in me I I just find I love the change like how it changes it's forever renewing itself yeah um yeah. I just the sound of it the smell of it the the rhythm of it the mm -hmm. yeah there's something about it. and the the Indian Ocean is quite spectacular in that regard like having the sunset over these white beaches. I've never seen another beach like the beaches there actually. Wow. So I would say Australia's up there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really, really enjoyed um, Spain when I went. Um, it's just, I didn't go to all, all of the regions of Spain and I know they're, they're quite different. I only went to the region around Barcelona. Mm -hmm. um, and probably similar to the Italians, I, their, their culture and their vibrancy. I just find their colors, um, the colors and everything. Yeah. I just find really, I don't know. It just brings joy. Like yeah. the people are joyful they're very expressive, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, that warmth is definitely draws me in for sure. Yeah. Oh, those are great places. And I love what you said about Italy. Cause I agree. I was like the hand talking, like I was born with that. I'm part Italian. I don't know if you know that, but I like always am talking with my hands and I'm like, I don't know if people are okay with this, but I'm just going at it oh. uh, because I'm like, that's just how I was raised. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know you were part Italian, but yeah, you can, you're living it with your, your hand talking. I, yeah. I just find you can express yourself so much better Yeah, with your hands, but it brings not a everybody bit feels excitement. that way. <laughs> yeah. Some people <laughs> like to say reserve, but that's okay. It's that's fine. You know what? We're all different. And that, that is what I have loved about my travels is mm -hmm. meeting so many different people, watching so many different people, like, mm -hmm. Um, there are just so many different places that I want 
to go like Eastern Europe has a whole other vibe to it mm-hmm. um and again like it's very culturally different but they've lived a very different um history I guess and so just watching how those people operate um even in the states like yeah. culturally they're different like they're different than us they're you know their backgrounds have shaped them and yeah. I love hearing how those things happened or wondering why they happened that way like I mm-hmm. I could sit on a park bench look at people and just wonder why they are the way they are like why did you look so sad today mm-hmm. I really wonder what's happened and if I have the opportunity to ask them I have no problem doing that and it's definitely something that we've tried to instill in our kids like we recognize that technology has changed um since Mm -hmm. we were young um how people communicate is very different um but we never want our kids to lose that human connection yeah texting serves a purpose emailing serves a purpose but that human connection is something that that really we can't lose and i Mm -hmm really don't I would say like the there's so much of the world that even still doesn't have that technology but you never want to lose the ability to just connect with people and it's not that hard to actually say hello Mm -hmm. wave you know smile like I think if you're open people are more open Absolutely. And a lot of people do love to talk about what's going on with them. So it's quite actually when you break it down, it's actually quite easy. You just have to get the ball rolling in some way. Exactly. Yeah. So travel for me was one of the most like eye opening, profound things that I've ever done in my life. And I just learned so much. So I'm wondering if there was like some big profound lessons that you learned while you were traveling that you want to share. Um, you have to be adaptable. Um, things never quite go as smoothly as you hope. Um, as a planner, that was challenging at first. Um, I like things, you know, I, I can make all kinds of great plans. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point, those will completely derail. Yeah. So how you go about um how I went about calming myself, taking a minute instead of going to the panic mode Mm -hmm. or um, just really recognizing, okay, take a minute. What are my options? Go through the options and just being adaptable. Like one of the best the best things that happened on one of my travels, we actually, we, my friend Jenny and I were touring around Europe in a month between my jobs from England to France. Mm -hmm. So we joined a rail tour. Um, I'm actually not a huge fan of tours usually because of um, just the kind of people they usually attract. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But this type of tour, um, we needed to just get from like around as fast as possible. So it was 30 days and we went through several different countries and that served its purpose. So we happened to be in Italy 
Um, and we'd had a rough time in Rome. Still have a bad taste in my mouth about Rome, but it was probably a multiple, there was lots of different factors happening. It was raining when we got there. Um, I had a blister on my foot. Right. I had actually successfully bartered for the first time in my life the day before in Pisa at a market and got these beautiful clothes, which I left on the train. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah. And, and the hostel that we were staying in was full of partiers. Mm. They were up all night. We were just not having a really good time. Right. So then the next day we ended up in Venice. And for some reason, both of our alarms didn't go off and we missed the train. We, we, we missed our tour completely. Like we just, there was, so we went to the train station. They're like, nope, there is not, not a train that goes there today. You've missed it. It's done. So we're like, okay, like what's our next options? And they're like, well, so we were looking at the map and it looked like we could get from, so we weren't supposed to go to Austria. But we could get a train that went from Venice to Austria to Salzburg, which I actually really wanted to go to. Yeah. And then connect from there to where the rest of our tour was going to meet the next day. Yeah. We ended up taking this train without all the loud people that we normally had to deal with. (laughs) We went to Salzburg. We had the best hostel ever. Like, it was so clean. It was so comfortable. We had actually our own private room for just her and I. Um, we had an amazing meal. We toured Salzburg the next day. And it's as beautiful as it's ever been described. And I was like, you know what? This is what adaptability can look like when you yeah. give it a chance. Like yeah. new adventures open up, new doors open up. And you never know what what next adventure will be through that door based on something shifting yeah I think there's a lot of lessons within that and I think you know you very easily could have been like oh this is all ruined the whole trip is ruined and like just sat in that really like negative space of just like what did we do oh like sitting in that like you know (laughs) yeah you dwell in it right yeah and and it's it's really that you're right it's being able to say okay well what are we going to do? You know, what's, what's the next step? Like we can definitely sit in this and be like, this sucked, but like, what are we going to do? And you being open and like, just ready. Okay. Well, let's see what happens. What's the next thing that's going to happen. You being open to that. I mean, it sounds like you got a beautiful thing that you didn't expect to happen. And it's, it's really, really a great lesson and, and lots of different things, even to just being open to new things and adventures and yes, things. Yeah. Like even in my travels, there was, there was a time where I was, I flew into Venice and my cruise for Greece was leaving out of there. And I was told there's a shuttle, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, great. I get there. My, both of my flights were delayed. I get there and they're like, oh, the bus left 15 minutes ago. And the, and I was like, 
but the cruise leaves so soon. So I was like, okay, so what are my options? They're all on their phones in Italian speaking. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, what's going to happen? And I ended up having to pay a lot of money in a cab because the buses were down, the trains were down. It was just, it was terrible, but <laughs> and and it cost a lot of money but you know I took the time and I was like this sucks like that was a lot of money when you converted to Can- Canadian I could have done a whole nother trip or something but I was like that cruise was so great I met three of the most amazing women ever like it was it was so worth all the hassle but it was like yeah. that hurdle that I had to get over where it was like that was unplanned for this was a little sucky but we got to keep moving forward. And it was great once, you know, once I got there and was like, okay, I made it to the cruise. Everything is going to be okay. But it's definitely that being, being open and being able to like tackle those things. Did I tackle it in a different way? Like, yeah, I was very upset at the beginning because to a young, a young person, you know, spending a lot of money, hundreds of dollars on a cab is big. It wasn't like a little thing, but it was like, I can't control it. It was something I couldn't control. And I think there's a lot to be said about letting go a little bit and and not trying to control everything because it is out of our control. 100%. I I definitely have control tendencies and travel um, has definitely helped with that component. Mm -hmm. There are some things that are just beyond your control. Yeah. And learning, having the attitude. I think it's okay to to feel those emotions. Um, I I think if you try to suppress those, that's not healthy over time. It's just how long you stay there, right? Like you don't want to stay there too long. Like you think it's okay to go, ah, ah, okay. (laughs) But then how to recover from that and move to the next phase a little more quickly so that it doesn't ruin your whole day or doesn't ruin the whole trip or whatever it is. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot to be said about traveling and I definitely can relate to that control thing where I was like, Ooh, I have to let go a little bit, (laughs) but it's it's, hard. Like, yeah. Yeah. Letting go is hard. Um, as a, but I think travel just, I kind of feel like, do you, you have siblings, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I always feel like there are things that you can learn in the world um, through that is naturally taught through your siblings. Like you learn how to share more quickly. You learn how, you know, the focus isn't all on you um, more quickly when you have siblings. And it's not to say you can't learn those things if you're an only child or things like that. You mm-hmm. absolutely can. But I think some things teach you a little more naturally or and I think having siblings does that for certain things and I think travel does that for certain things like you can certainly learn all of those things Mm -hmm. but it creates an environment where you can learn that more fluidly (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and it's there's something about like just taking that leap too and just going all in on something that's just new and And a little bit scary, like, not that, like, I can relate to your experience where you weren't, like, scared, you weren't, like, fearful, but it's, there's still, like, this nervous energy that's around it because it's just something new and exciting, and you don't know what it's going to look like exactly, but you're just excited to be there, and I think one thing that I took away from my traveling, too, was that I just found a way to make everything so much more beautiful than it actually was, maybe, because I was, like, 
look how cool this street is. Like, I don't know what it, it was in me, but every single thing was so special. And it's part of like getting your way there and paying for everything to get there and, and just really appreciating everything that you've worked so hard to get. But it's, it's really a choice because sometimes I go on a trip with someone and they're like, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. And I'm like, but look at the sunset. Like, it's just like, it's, it's finding those like little moments and just being able to go somewhere, even like, even Edmonton, you know, like somewhere that's, you know, not as beautiful, but still being able to find the beauty and just like honor the place that you're in, I think is super big as well. Yeah. Opening your eyes to see, um, the beauty and, um, appreciate where you are, I think is you, it's right on the money, what you're saying. And you really, and I, I feel that travel did that even when I came home, like mm-hmm. I now see more beauty at home, which, which once seemed, I don't know, maybe more, yeah, it's just home. Now I see the beauty here more. Um, I don't know. Travel, travel is just, I feel that once you start traveling, you never lose that desire. Yeah. It's certainly just, yeah. It, travel has looked differently. Um, when we had kids and as they've grown and we just came back from a trip to Australia for a month and oh my goodness it just felt so incredible to be on a plane again going somewhere new um adventure I would say is one of my keywords like Mm -hmm. this is an adventure like I love adventuring I love exploring I love trying new things um I just, I just find it so exciting. I love being surprised, always Mm -hmm. have, and travel just always brings that. But for people that can't necessarily go overseas all the time, Mm -hmm. I will say this to you, you can find those treasures anywhere you are. There are treasures in every town, every city, every province. You actually can find treasure anywhere. It's amazing. Yeah, I agree. You don't have to go all the way to Europe. You can stay right here in your own little town and figure out new things. Yeah. And it's, it's, I I think you have it, you, you've got it so good. Cause I was like, I feel, I feel the same way. Like when I came back, it honestly made everything so much richer too. just the new perspective I gained, but also being able to be like, wow, like how cool is it that we can see the mountains like right there? Like it just so so beautiful the places that we live in so thank you for sharing all of that it's so so exciting and I love talking about it I'm wondering if there's anything else you want to share about your journey in your life before we get into the final four questions I would say that our life has had um a lot of different um ups and downs like being married internationally has come mm-hmm. with its challenges um we've actually lost our first child um so the grief of that was challenging um but we I would say that when you look back over the the peaks and valleys of of your life and you can see where God's been at work and God has met you in those different the different highs and lows um it's an incredible story. And I really, I think I've heard people say, you know, 
talk about life as a tapestry, like you're only seeing different sections, but like there's a, a huge tapestry that's being woven through different experiences. And, mm-hmm. and when you think of it like a tapestry, what might have seemed like really painful seasons, you know, there's so much beauty in that when you see the bigger picture. Yeah. And I just, I would love for, for my life to continue to be um, purposeful, but connected with people. I feel that Mm. I've been given a gift um, with the ability to chat with people, a love of people, a desire to, you know, be amongst them. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that some people find connection hard and I'm grateful that that isn't the case for, for my family. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, yeah, I just invite anyone who, you know, wants to learn how to to do that better to plug into you (laughs) because you're really good at thank you (laughs) or you know just I I I feel that people can recognize who those people are in in ways Mm -hmm. who can help them grow in that area Mm -hmm. and yeah I just hope to continue to grow and to evolve Mm -hmm. and be purposeful in my mission for God and for people and yeah hopefully um raise our kids the same way yeah I think it's so beautiful and I love hearing you talk about the highs and the lows and I thank you for opening up about the loss of your child as well and I can't imagine what that would be like I bet that's pretty hard but I love how you've been able to look at the bigger picture like you're talking about and really appreciate some of those harder things that you've had to go through because it truly has shaped who you are today and I think I think you're right in that if connection is so important and if you want to get better at something look at the people around you and see who can help who can help me achieve my goal and people people love to help you it's you just gotta ask right that's honestly what it comes down to and so I, I I love the message that you're sending today so thank you oh my pleasure Awesome. Okay. So I have four final questions that I'm going to ask you. So the first one is, what is the best piece of advice you've received? To listen. Yeah. Yeah. Be slow to speak and, um, and quick to listen. Um, you can really learn so much by just being still and being quiet and, um, just taking a moment to really listen. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. Yeah. I think we often forget because we all have things we want to say, right? And so sometimes we're not even listening because we're thinking about what we're going to say next. But I think there's a lot to be said about when you just simply listen and be present in that. I think we have a lot of distractions, right? With our phones and a million things to do nowadays. But when you can really be present and listen to someone, there's just so, so many great things that come from that. So beautiful advice. Well, and you can hear, you can hear more, mm-hmm. even just by when you're present, like even what they're saying, you can read their body language, you can read between the lines, like you can, when you're really listening to someone, um, I feel it just gives you more insight and into who they are and their journey and how you can walk alongside them in it, I guess. 
Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Okay. Next question. What is the worst advice you've ever received? Oh, um, oh gosh, the worst advice. Um, well, I would say one of the earliest, one of the earliest, um, poor advice I received was actually in my teenage years mm -hmm. and it was, um, uh, I think you'd look good in short hair. <laughs> <laughs> and did you take their advice? I did. <laughs> and you regret it? <laughs> oh, it was, it was awful. It was, I, I do not have, um, the jaw structure, the face shape. I have a very tiny head. Um, it was awful. Like it was, I can't even tell you how bad it was. If I had a picture, I'd show you and you'd laugh your face <laughs> off. Um, so I love you know that. what? Uh, I would say seek wisdom when receiving advice from anyone. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like really ask more than one person. Like, yes, this is what this person said. Do you think that's a good idea? Maybe yeah. not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Awesome. Okay. Next one. What is a piece of advice you would tell your younger self and somebody in the younger generation? Oh, um, don't take yourself too seriously um, mm. and don't value, don't consider your self-worth based on the opinions of others. Mm. That's good. Yeah I, yeah, I really struggled with self-esteem when I was younger and I really was trying to find who I was, but based on what other people were saying to me or thinking of me and it was very confusing and I um don't don't have a self-worth based on what other people think of you yeah. don't base it around that that that's a beautiful lesson and I'm getting there in my journey where it's like other people's opinions of you don't matter as much as the opinion of yourself matters like yeah. if you're happy with you there's a lot to be said about just being happy with yourself and it all comes down to confidence. Um, that's what I would say to the younger generation. Like really, when I look back at what I would consider the most popular people in my high school or different people I've met around the world, honestly, if you're confident in who you are, you can stand in anything. Mm -hmm. People are drawn to confidence um, or they won't be, but they're not gonna bug you. Like if you are confident in who you are and you're kind, like, you can be firm and kind. Yeah. You just have to be confident in who you are. Yeah. That's great advice. Awesome. And the last question is, what are you grateful for? Oh, I am. I am so grateful for Jesus um, because of the mercy and grace that he extends to me mm -hmm. every day. Um, I yeah, he's radically changed my life. And I'm grateful for a very supportive husband. We are partners. We are best friends. We are 
um, it's fresh in my mind because we went on a date last night and it was just mm-hmm. so nice to have an interrupted conversation. Yeah. And so nice to know that even after, you know, 21 years of marriage, wow, like we are just, we love spending time together and I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Um, and I'm grateful for the children that I get the privilege of raising. Um, I know they're God's first, but it's really awesome to be their mom and they're incredibly fun human beings. They are challenging. They are funny. They are compassionate. They are um, sometimes crazy, but so mm-hmm. are, aren't we all, <laughs> like, yep. but they're, I don't know, like watching them grow up and uh, become who God is, has created them to be is an adventure in itself. And I'm yeah. so grateful to be a part of that journey and to see where that takes them. That's awesome. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much again for coming on and sharing so much of your journey and so much wisdom with everyone. I think we've definitely talked a lot about travel today and I can see that you're passionate about it. I'm also passionate about it, but thank you for sharing your journey and the lessons that you've learned and being so vulnerable with everyone because that does take a lot of courage and it's just been such a pleasure to sit here and talk to you today. Oh, you're so much fun to chat with. I look forward to hearing the rest of your podcast.